Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm Kendall Y. And I'm Jordan Guess. All right, we're back. Hello, um, Kendall. Kind of soon. I feel like we just recorded a podcast, which we kind of did. <laughs> yeah. Where are you calling? Yeah, in? we're back on. Where Where are you calling? In um, right now we're on a cruise ship, um, that is just sitting in port at, in Reykjavik. So. We'll actually take off here. We might take off during the recording. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Because it's it's uh, four right after four o'clock here. And I think it's supposed to take off either five or six. Oh, that'd be- or no, I'm sorry. It's five. Ele- it's a five eleven here. And it's supposed to take off at six, I think. Oh, so yeah. We'll sorry. Be- I keep I'm keeping all my devices in Louisville time to stay kind of stay on track there a little bit. But anyways. Yeah, we're four hours ahead. Well, so. um, okay, we're doing something new. We don't have a plan on what to talk about, so we're gonna talk through some things. <laughs> I do, Jordan. Jordan, briefly. Normally, we have some. We just our conversations just flow, so it's gonna be great. Yeah, um, I kind of want to try it out, see how see how it works. Jordan did bring up the yep. the the big news item this week is the student loan debt forgiveness. So we can talk about that. I do have some opinions that I think are going to surprise a lot of people on this matter. Um, yeah, and then the other things I have, Jordan, are I think the Jackson Hole meeting is coming up for the Fed. So there's a big mm-hmm. that's like a, yeah. I heard there's some drama there, right? Well, it's just like they have an annual meeting in Wyoming, and um. It's like where they set the precedent for the next 12 months or whatever. So it'll be interesting. And then um, the other news, the other news item that I have is uh, European energy continues to implode this week. So we could talk about that too. Although I, I don't have like a ton of educated insights on this front, but I do know it's a big deal. Yeah. Well, it's going to become a big deal. It's already cold here. So um, just a really funny uh, thing that came to mind because it isn't um, the new the new um, Adam Newman company. It's called Flow, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we were at this like, I didn't even mention this to Raven. I just thought it to myself and laughed. But we were at this like waterfall today and I was just watching the water there for like, I don't know, 30 seconds or a minute. And I was just thinking about flow <laughs> and I just, I just like was picturing his face in the water. <laughs> you see, this is why Adam Newman and is, I was thinking about that tweet. That's why Adam Newman is successful, more successful than us because mm-hmm. he has incepted this idea into your mind. <laughs> he lives in my mind rent free. Oh, something, yeah. something else too. Uh, did you ever watch Game of Thrones? Were you ever a Game of Thrones guy? You don't really watch much TV, do you? No. Have you ever seen Game no, of Thrones? No. Oh my gosh. But I know some of it was filmed here because we got some pictures made for like maternity pictures and the photographer where she was taking the pictures was telling me that they shot a lot of it in the area where we were. They did. They I don't did. know if that's where you were tying it in. Yeah. No, that's interesting. No, I was gonna say they have. There's a new Game of Thrones TV show out, and uh, hmm. it came out like the first episode dropped on last Sunday, 
It was very good. It was very good. Looks very promising. Very promising. Hmm. Do you, okay. On a different note, do you follow Bill? This is maybe something if you do follow Bill Ackman, we could talk about. Do you follow him at all? Like on Twitter or anywhere? Not not really. Just generally, yeah. Not really. I'm not really impressed Apparently by Bill. Apparently he sold his entire he, he sold his entire stake of dominoes. Oh, did he? Eight hundred eight hundred million dollars. <laughs> did he sell it in the in profit or in loss? That I don't know. But it's just really funny. I don't know. Yeah, I don't really have as much respect for Bill Ackman as I think a lot of other people do. Okay. Uh, I wonder if Shaquille O'Neal, apparently Shaq owns a substantial part of Domino's. Did you know? Did you know this? And he's like on the board. Doesn't he do commercials for them too? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd heard that before. Domino's yeah. Maybe pizza. they, uh, I wonder if they sold together. Oh yeah, wasn't isn't Domino's? That's uh, like Anthony Pompliano's thing. Have you have you are you familiar with this? <laughs> no, I don't follow Pomp. I feel like he's a scammer. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I don't really follow him either. <laughs> but he like uh, he he like <laughs> he is an investor or just orders Domino's a lot. What is he? Uh, what's his connection? Uh, I think sort of some of both. I he used to. He used when I followed him back in the day, he would like every so often on like a Saturday, he would order like a hundred dollars for the dominoes and a bunch of like Bud Light and he would just consume all of it. It was like some sort oh of gosh. some sort of thing. I don't know. That's not my cup of tea either. Wow. Yeah. Um well let's well, let's go down. Maybe we, let's let's start with the student loan stuff. Yeah, I want to talk about the student loans. Cool. Do you want to start? Or you want me to start? Um, you. I'll let you start. Okay. All right. All right. Or, or you, or I can start. It's whatever you want me to do. You, you take the lead here. You take the lead. Okay. Okay. So I think that student what's, loan first off what's, is a dumb idea. What's the news? Tell us. Tell us the news first. The news is assuming you make less than one twenty five. $125,000 as a single person or $250,000 as a married couple, you're going to get up to $10,000 of student loan uh, student loan forgiveness. And then if you also received Pell Grants, there is an, uh, there's an, another, uh, I guess, an additional $10,000 that you could receive um, in forgiveness for the Pell Grants. Um, and so... Which I was kind of confused about. I don't know if that just means like you got the Pell Grant and then you, since you got the Pell Grant, you actually just get an additional $10,000 of your student loans forgiven. Because I'm I'm pretty sure Pell Grants are grants. You don't pay them back. So I think they're just trying to target like lower income people generally to give them more loan forgiveness. Um, That's the gist of it. Um, my understanding is it came through as an executive order from the current president joseph r biden and um the god king has spoken and we have a uh, we've <laughs> executive order passed <laughs> yes mm, yes <laughs> heard all throughout the land what what is congress needed for anyways that's right what are, so, what, are, what do we need branches of government for we have a president he can do whatever he wants 
<laughs> so yeah so that happened it actually got announced yesterday there was a lot of um like people knew that it was coming um they didn't know exactly what it was going to look like um so yeah some some would say that it might be uh i'm looking at the calendar and we're coming up on the end of august we've got elections in about two months a little over two months so some say it's political not me so i'm just some people are saying it's political <clears throat> many people are, many people are telling uh, <laughs> <laughs> um so but no my general take on student loan forgiveness is it's an extremely regressive um policy you are subsidizing the wealthiest among us um and you're punishing people who either paid off their student loan debt, uh, worked really hard to do that, or, and I think this is more important, you're punishing people who decided to opt out of going to college and um, took a job like, uh, I don't know, at a car factory or as a plumber or something like that. And you're just punishing those people and ending up making those people subsidize people who went and got potentially a college degree that maybe um, did not did not uh, return their investment <laughs> adequately. So I think that's the major issue with it. Um, from a tax perspective, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm assuming just like all other canceled debts, this $10,000 or $20,000 will actually be included in the person's um, taxable income for the year that they were the debt was forgiven. So ultimately, they're going to have to come up. It's actually an interesting thing. It's not like that. It's not like the 10,000 that was given given to them, quote unquote, is liquid. It's not. It just lowers a balance of a debt. So now they're actually it's people might get pissed off uh, come April <laughs> because they're actually going to potentially have to come up with, you know, between one to two thousand dollars in taxes mm -hmm. additional on top of whatever their normal stuff is. Um because of this change so just say if your average tax rate is 15 percent and you get this ten thousand dollars now you've got to come up with fifteen hundred dollars from somewhere else whether it be savings or liquidating other positions you know if you're a if you're a person who's going paycheck to paycheck maybe you don't have fifteen hundred dollars sitting around so i'm keeping my eye on that i have a feeling they might try to skirt past that as well and say similar to like PPP stuff, potentially. I'm not saying these are the same thing. I'm just saying they might make it where they give the money and then they also don't make it taxable. So. Okay. Well, aside from all the boring tax stuff, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm going to take the contrarian stance here and argue that this is a good thing. This is the right thing to do. I actually think this is kind of where I fall in line too. So I think this is where I would place my opinions. Um, so first thing you got to understand is that the biggest issue that arguably the biggest issue that, that the United States is face, facing right now is our debt levels. We have way too much debt. Specifically, if you want to know, I did some research. Um, it's federal debt. It is corporate debt. 
And then it is surprisingly auto debt is one of the problem areas. And the fourth problem area is student loan debt. And this is a this is a big issue. We talk about this a lot on this podcast, but the debt levels are an existential threat to the to, to the quality of life of American citizens. Um, and the the key thing about student loan debt that makes it sort of ripe for the picking is it's unsecuritized. So there's no underlying security that is sort of collateralizing the loan. It's just, it's totally unsecuritized. And furthermore, it doesn't even like, if you file for bankruptcy, it doesn't go away, right? It's like the special type of loan that sticks around with you until you die, basically. So it's a it's ripe for the picking. If we want to get rid of some debt, like if we just want to write some debt off, um, it's the it's sort of at the top of the chopping block. Uh, furthermore, I would say one of the issues that the American public is facing is the wealth inequalities inequality across generations. So the boomers have a tremendous amount of wealth, whereas like our generation, the millennials have very little. And um, like I want to be honest, young people are struggling a lot. And, um, and, a, and a large part of that is because of the, because of the student loan debt burden. So I frame all this because, um, setting the morality aside, if you just look at the numbers, student loan debt is the most optimal way to, it's the, it's the lowest hanging fruit on all of our debt burdens. Okay. So that's just the numbers argument. In terms of the morality, now, this is where it's more subjective, right? It's like people will argue that it's not fair, we're targeting the wrong people, or like, you know, all, all, all number of moral issues. And I am of the opinion that politically, this will be bad for Biden. I do think that that's true. I do think that he's sort of just made a poor political decision. Um. Arguably, although I don't know, you could you could debate both sides of that. Here's my stance on the morality of the situation. Life is not fair, and uh, people need to grow up. Is basically my stance. Uh, the The reality of the way that the the financial system works is that it's not fair, and that that Overton window was kind of blown wide open after they bailed out the banks over a decade ago. Ever since they bailed out the banks, basically, people who track this stuff know that the emperor has no clothes, right? That um, governments control the financial systems. And so, in a, in a way, I can make an argument that by doing this and by, by sort of inducing this public debate around the morality, the, the public is going to be forced into swallowing some some hard truths, which is that life is not fair. We have a real problem as a, as a broad society. It, it may not benefit you, these decisions, but you know, it may not have an out, uh, it may have, have a disproportionate benefit to, to people that are not you. Um, but on a net net basis, it is a positive for everybody to do, to, to do these things. Um, but, but yeah, ultimately my, my moral stance is that 
uh, life isn't fair and people need to grow up. Okay. That's my, couldn't you make the same, (laughs) couldn't you make the same argument with the people need to grow up and pay the debt that they signed up for argument? Totally, totally. Um, but, but it doesn't solve the problem. It doesn't solve the debt problem. I don't think this solves the problem either, though. I think that this is where you really need to go to solve the real underlying problem is easy debt related to an unsecured unsecured uh, loan in the first place, right? Which is the government subsidizing loans in the first place and giving them out like candy to kids who show who don't have to show any... Um, let's just call it like a business plan, right? They don't have to go and say, all right, I need $80,000 over the course of the next four years. I'm going to use that money to go get an engineering degree. I'm going to go work at, I'm going to try to get a job at CoinMetrics afterwards, right? And I'm projected to make X amount of money after, and then I'll be able to pay off the debt in 10 years. Will you give it to me at this interest rate? And then they can look at all that information. And just like they would do with a small business owner, like a startup or something like that, they would make the decision on one, do they even want to issue the debt? And if they do, what's the interest rate? Right now, it's all just like, oh, you graduated high school, you get signed up for debt, no matter what. You don't have to know anything about your major. We don't have to know anything about like really anything about you. I think that's a huge issue. And the government continually pretty much subsidizing those those loans at lower the market interest rates for that level of risk um, is is then causing universities to just crank up their prices because they know the loans are going to come in to pay the tuition at really what at whatever spot they set it at. They do the same with their um, with their very nice dorms and all that kind of stuff, right? They know that a kid's going to pay a thousand dollars a month to live in a box. Um, and eat crap food for the next four years. And then you talk about college really as a sorting mechanism. It doesn't, college is not even really, hold on one sec. You take over for a sec. I got to mute. Well, I understand. Yeah. So I understand this argument and um, I guess sort of on a very, very deep moral basis, I agree with it. Like in terms of it's the, it's establishing incorrect incentives and the incentives the are sort of um perverse and uh i agree with that i think my stance would be it's a matter of practical priorities um and and moving existing goalposts or uh you know like moving the football how where it's placed currently um like you can't the, the argument that they should have never taken out the loans in the first place is sort of moot in my opinion because it's already happened and you can't change it. And so like, we have to deal with, we have to, to deal with the situation we're currently presented with, pra- you know, this is like the practical argument. And, um, and I think that there, there's a, there's a compelling case there. Now, of course you can respond and you can say that, okay, well, what about going forward? Right. We've created this perverse incentive going forward. I agree with you. And I think that that has to be dealt with. And I think that like practically, the optimal strategy here is to do the loan forgiveness and then and then attack what you're saying head on, right? Like make it politically 
I don't know how you, I don't I haven't really thought much about this. I don't know how you solve this problem, but universities are just like perversely expensive. And there's certainly a cantillon type of effect going on here where the, the root cause is the money printer. Um, but, but yeah, I don't really know. I don't really know how you solve that. I think it's just a microcosm of what happens just throughout the economy. Right. This is just like one example of how perverse incentives pretty much just yield bad outcomes. And yeah, even if you said there's no, there's no political incentive for someone to go and say, yeah, actually we're going to crack down. We're going to give out less student loans because, because most people aren't actually even qualified to, uh, they wouldn't qualify for this loan if they tried to go out on the private market, you know, then everyone would be, would scream, you know, you're punching down or racist or whatever. Right. And so that would never even happen. And it's, it's just the, the simple principle of once you give someone something for free, it's very difficult to take that back. And we've seen that those examples play out over history. So I hear you, I hear your argument, but the, the counter argument I would make is that like people already expect things to be free. And so like in terms of the, Per, like perverting the current culture you're already saturated beyond a point where it even matters like i think at this point it's more it's more effective to actually uh address like get rid of the debt even like you're not gonna make the, the moral case much worse than it currently is i think i have this um i have this sort of like ongoing thesis in my in my brain with respect to modern monetary theory and ESG. Um, so ESG, ESG, obviously environmental social governance, it's supposed to basically like, you know, all the people that want to get rid of all the oil in the world and the modern, modern monetary theory is for, is for like the Keynesian who think you can just print money and nothing happened. Nothing bad happens. My, I have this sort of ongoing thesis in my head, which is that the only way out is through, Right. It's like with respect to the environmentalists, the thing that they need to understand is that if you want to live in a world full of renewable energy, clean energy, uh, clean and clean environment, you actually have to pump much more oil first. You have to like go, you have to run through the problem, right? And this whole like Malthusian stance of like, well, let's just stop using energy. You're that's actually you're going to regress in that in that strategy. It's better to just pump 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 away. If you flood Miami and Miami is no longer livable, it's fine. We know how to build new houses. We know how to move people. You can solve that problem when you get there. My point is that you the, the way you solve the problem is to run through it. I think a similar similar philosophy or wisdom applies to the MMT stuff, which is relevant to our our discussion here, which is um, printing money. Basically, I think the the solution. This is actually me addressing like the Bitcoiners and the hard money people. I would say that like, you know, actually the solution here is to just just run through it. Like, print the money, blow the system up. You eventually you you will reach a cliff. Will you will worse people will fall off and people there will be massive levels of destruction. But like trying to like prevent it is sort of the same. The way I kind of view like these environmentalists of like. 
uh, just like stop burning energy. It's like, well, we're already past a certain point. And like, if we want to get back to the, the optimal, uh, level set, then like we have to just run through it. Mm-hmm. I mean, from a practical standpoint, I don't even think this is going to hold up. I don't think this is actually even going to happen. I think this is going to, there will be lawsuits and I don't think this will, I think it'll get struck down in the Supreme court if I had to guess. Oh, you think so? You don't think, you think it's not going to happen at all? No, I don't actually think it will go through. Could be wrong, but I think that, I think that there's, there's potentially some, I mean, you're just, that's one thing, Um, you know, at least with like the stimulus checks, it went out to everyone, right? This is like discriminatory in a way that's different from um, how a lot of other things happen because it only targets one group of like borrowers, right? Um, you know, what if someone can't get ahead because they're because of credit card debt or because of a mortgage? So um, I definitely think there was so going look, to be I challenges think... in court over this. And I would be, I would be pretty surprised if it actually goes, uh, if it's actually, if it goes to the Supreme court and the Supreme court actually upholds it as constitutional. Hmm. That's interesting. Maybe my response would be that, okay, we're okay with bailing out billionaires and the bankers, but we're not okay with bailing out people who went to college and, and just spent too much money. I would be against both of them, but um, uh, I guess you could make the argument maybe that the banks are more important than somebody who majored in poli sci. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not saying well, I, guess, that I, I disagree. I, I think, you think you, I think you can make the argument that uh, the demographic situations of the wealth inequality across generations is much more significant than the banks. But I don't know. I guess you could make compelling arguments. I would, one way or the other. I would I say know. if yeah, you didn't bail out the banks, you know, what does that future look like versus if you don't bail out this 25 year old who's struggling making their payments on their debt? I don't know. I'm not, I'm definitely not over here saying we should be bailing out major corporations far from that. But um, if you're, if you're going at it from a practical standpoint, I would say, yeah, bailing out things that are, that are going to have major um, ripples throughout the global economy. If you don't do this versus somebody's not going to be able to go to the bars as much because they have their, $400 $400 a month payment on their debt. I don't know. You go back and forth on, on those all, all day. I, I just think generally, I think if my stance is very like, it's very uniform. If a bank messes up, they should fail. They should go under, they should fail. The market will absorb that. Someone else who is better at managing um, an enterprise will step in and, and fill that gap. And same with an individual. If an individual takes out a loan and they go get a shit degree that doesn't pay well, well, you learned a lesson, <laughs> you know, you either go back and you try totally. to learn a skill yeah. and that's on an individual level. I know you're, you're coming at it more from a, like, well, we need to try to Collective. figure this. Yeah. The system uh, piece out, which I do get that. But I, and the other big thing is like, does it, does it just create this like, well, every 10 years we have a student loan debt jubilee, you know, because 
you know, just take my no. youngest sister. Yeah. She's about, she'll go to college next year. I mean, why is her debt any different than the person's debt who went five years ago? You know? So why wouldn't she be entitled to yeah. debt forgiveness? Well, yeah, I mean, on in, on the on the theory front, I agree with everything you're saying. I totally agree. We should have just let the banks fail. There would have been two or three years of turbulence, but would have been fine. We wouldn't we wouldn't even be talking about student loan forgiveness right now if we let the banks fail. Um, but I think that uh, you know, I can I can I can address the like my moral stance, which is in agreement with you, differently than how I can address the practical, which is that. The we've already bailed out the banks, so we are already the Overton window is already widened. We've we've already what's the what's the phrase crossing the Rubicon? We've already crossed the Rubicon, or like the we've already burnt the ships. There is no going <laughs> home. We burnt the ships already. So, we only have a, a few ships left. Sh- ship right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm on a ship. Hopefully, this ship doesn't burn. Um, yeah, I mean it's. Uh, I but I think at the root of it, I don't even think these people um, and I would say this about if a Republican did this. I don't think this is even in good faith. I don't even think it's trying to help the little guy. I think this is a power grab of an administration Mm. who is seeing the poll numbers and understands they need to energize people to get out and vote for their party come November. And so, again, none of this, I don't think is even really about helping the little guy it's about maintaining power and that is what that's what politicians and corporations do day in and day out that's what they're best at and i think people need to just they need to be able to see through that i was actually i haven't had a chance to um to research this yet so maybe i'll try to come prepared with this answer next week but um i i want to see if you, because I actually qual, I think I qualify for this. Um, so I want to see if you actually wanted to reject this. Like if you said, I don't want this student loan forgiveness. I just don't agree with it. I think that it's, it's one, it's not necessary because I am able to pay off my student loans. Like two hundred fifty thousand dollars for a married couple. I'm sorry, you're doing really well. If you're a married couple making well, uh, not right if you're under... living in San Francisco or New York, or New York City. Well, okay, if you're living in if you're New York living City, in Louisville, Kentucky, and you're making close to that. You're doing well. <laughs> All I'm saying is, like, there are a lot of people out there who are like, "Yeah, this is great, but I, I don't really need this money." You know, it's ten thousand dollars. It's going to lower my balance. I'll get done paying off my loans maybe a few few years early or whatever. So, anyways, I was going to look into like if you wanted to reject it. And I don't actually, I, I, if I had to guess, I don't think there's going to even be a way, even if you wanted to try to say, hey, don't don't give this to me. I think it would. there's not a way to do that. If I had to guess, I'm speaking from an experience of like a guy one time um, wanting to pay more in taxes for a prior year, and there wasn't even a way to, to send money to the IRS. Um, so, mm. so we'll see. But um yeah i think broad broadly speaking um i mean broadly speaking i'm against college to begin with so i think that the vast majority <laughs> i'm just i just am in the camp of the vast majority of people probably don't need to go to college 
either go work at a company and learn how to do what you need to do if they're willing to do that with you. Even if that's like a, like, even if it's a tech job or something, or it's an accounting job or whatever. I think that there's ways in a lot of cases to learn what you need to learn on the job um, or do it outside of university, do it online for much cheaper, go at your own pace, whatever, save a lot of money. But that's just me. I think it's like, I agree. Totally. That'd be, that'd be a great world. Yeah. College, college is a waste of time. It's such a waste of time. You literally just go there. You rack up all this debt. You learn almost nothing. And you, you know, you party and drink, have sex, and then you get out and then you learn what you actually need to do. It pushes, it pretty much just like delays production of workers four to five years. Mm -hmm. And I just think that that generally is, (laughs) that's bad for society. And, and then, yeah, they're just forcing young people who don't understand what they're signing up for. They're forcing them pretty much to take out student loans for I don't know. I don't know about you. I know a lot of people who who work jobs that they did not need to go to college for their job, and they're still saddled with that debt. So it's very sad. I would just say to anybody out there who hasn't gone to college yet, I would just strongly recommend taking a look at all of the alternatives. You might still come to the conclusion of like, yeah, college is best course for me, but. There's a lot of options out there and there's a lot of successful people out there who did not go to college who will now be footing the bill for people who did go to college. So, cause I think this will, I think this will come in the form of tax. If, if it actually goes through, they're just going to have to raise taxes, you know? Um, like, do you think they just turn on the money? No, do you think they just no, turn on the money printer? No. Yeah. See, well, either way, it, it's it, not that. It's not either way. It would it would either be stealing it through inflation or through direct taxation. So, like, one of the things that Luke Groman has, has brings up a lot that I really sympathize with is that the stock market is very much the American economy. Like the 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 price of the stock market is very. Uh, it actually. The stock stock prices impact tax receipts, right? As stocks go up, tax revenue also goes up. So if you have in if you have young people who are not having to pay student debt, instead they allocate that money to their 401k, then it'll actually support the stock market and cause the stock market to go up, at which point you will have uh, higher tax receipts. So it's all a game. I mean, it could go one or one way or the other. Ultimately, I think you're right that like there was like um, what was the hold on, hold on, I hold on, how... real quick. So you're assuming person okay. who took out debt and then has not been able to pay off that debt with a high enough paying job is now all of a sudden going to wake up one day and be like, you know what, I'm going to become an intelligent investor <laughs> and I'm going to allocate these new funds <laughs> to uh. Well, maybe, okay. maybe. All right. I mean, it could be that um, it, it could be that they've been spending money on their student debt for five years, and now and they're they've matured to the point where they're like, okay, I, I'm not messing around anymore. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's speculation, but something funny that I was just I was so funny from like a month, like a few weeks back, was the latest like Inflation Reduction Act bill 
has like a increased EV tax incentives, right? So it's like you get, we're extending the, for like the Ford Lightning truck, which is an electric truck, will give you 7,500 bucks. And then Ford turns around and bumps the price up by 7,500 bucks like the next week. <laughs> so uh, yeah. it's like, uh, okay. Who could have so guessed that. We didn't make any, pro- nope, nope, no progress made. To my, to my you point know, earlier, when you subsidize something, the prices for that thing just go up. Well, I think in in Ford's defense here, I can I can defend them. Probably actually what's going on there is that we've had a commodity sur- super cycle and so like commodity prices and supply chains are actually uh, very expensive and Ford can't they can't increase the prices without inducing like a consumer a change in consumer sentiment. So the consumer uh, if suddenly Ford increases prices because commodity prices have gone up, then the electric vehicle public consensus will go down, right? So public sentiment for EVs will decrease. And so probably what's going on behind the scenes is Ford is lobbying the government. And they're saying like, we have to increase prices and basically we need you to, you to subsidize it. And so the government's like, okay, we'll subsidize it. So but you know, I'm, I'm I very much subscribe to your to your opinions here. I'm just trying to be realistic know, about it. Too. I get it. I just like him. I'm just trying to think through. I've got Fortune.com pulled up. I mean, the cost of a new car has risen 13 percent since since last year. This is in June, so I guess they're looking at May numbers. It's like, do they really have their Dude, have their I... costs gone up that much? I want to talk about the car market briefly for a few minutes here. Because so I I sold my Tesla a few weeks back, like we talked about. Um, And frankly, I did it mostly just because like Teslas are overvalued right now, in my opinion. So I was like, well, if they're going to pay me a lot of money for it, then I'm going to accept it. And take that (laughs) Um, on Elon. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And also stick it to the the man. Um, (laughs) um, But so so I've been doing like research into into the auto industry um, cause right now I'm driving like a, a 20 year old beat up truck, which I actually very much enjoy. It's an awesome truck in my opinion. Um, but, but I'm sort of like, well, maybe I'll buy a new car at some point here in the, in the future. So I've been incentivized to do research in the, into the auto industry. Mm-hmm. And I want to give some opinions on some, some of the things I've, I've found. Okay. Um, I think the auto industry is a right Royal shit show. I think that nobody is doing it right. I think I think that basically the auto industry is totally plagued by this like fiat based monetary system. We've had like 50 or 100 years of basically this and the same shit and I think it's basically crept its way into the auto industry. And um yeah, it's like the, the the value that you get for for automobiles is terrible. When I when I compare the value that I get for an iPhone versus the value I get for a new Toyota Prius, the the value for the pound per pound value of the iPhone is miles ahead of the Toyota Prius. I mean, it is like on a whole different level of value. Um, and you know, fun fact, I don't most common people probably don't know this, but the major auto manufacturers have um, obligations to governments, which are 
since since auto manufacturing is so supply uh, supply chain dependent, meaning they source materials from all around the world, it's natural that the governments are going to stick their fingers in there because there's all sorts of geopolitical reasons for that to happen. And um, so, like for example, in 2020 when the COVID crisis hit, Trump put out and signed an executive order. Or I I don't know the I forget the exact legality of it, but basically, in times of crises, the government can co-opt the auto manufacturers. They can be like, "You are now under our control. We will will tell you what to do," and they do it because there's like war, right? So like, a lot of military endeavors are basically logistics endeavors. Like the best logistics engine usually wins the the war. And auto manufacturers are giant logistics engines. Um, so, so there's all sorts of legal legal tentacles that that sort of creep into the auto manufacturers, and um, and so yeah. Anyway, I think you basically you get decades of that going on, and you end up with just total shit in the auto industry. And it makes perfect sense why one of the four debt debt problems is the auto problem. Because young people are having to spend forty thousand dollars on a new vehicle that is total garbage, doesn't last for ten years when it should. You know, really, here's here's the way it should work. When when I compare what I the value I get for the iPhone, and I'm like apples to apples, what I should get for an automobile. Here's what I should get. I should be able to spend twenty thousand cash MSR. I'm talking like that's the price tag, okay. Get these dealers out of the situation. Forget all that nonsense. Go to the website. There's a price right there. I can buy it for $20,000. I want $20,000. I want to plug in electric vehicles. So I, around the city, I can run on battery. And then if I want to travel, I can run on gas. Okay, that's what the new Toyota Priuses are. And I want that thing to never break. That thing should be like basically how iPhones work, right? Like, right? Like, we, I don't, iPhones are so good these days that like they can last for five years with no problems and you can like drop it in the toilet and it still works. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Um, the same love, the same level of resiliency should happen with a, with a car. So you should be able to drive, buy a car, $20,000, never have to spend very much money on it at all. Um, and, and it lasts for like 20 years. That's the way that's when I think about the engineering that exists today, that's what, that's what should happen. But instead, what we have is $40,000 cars, $50,000 cars with all these bullshit bells and whistles because they're all trying to like, it's all about the sales pitch. They're trying to like, they, there's so much bullshit in cars these days. It's like, we don't need all this bullshit. We just need a functioning thing. It's a utility. Okay. We're going for function, not form. Okay. <laughs> and safety. Uh, and safety. Yeah. That's, that's a part of function. It's like, I don't, you know, there's too much culture in cars, basically, is my, my opinion. There's like, there's, there's too much design going on. Like, I just want the thing to work and for it to be cheap. Okay. That's all I care about. Yeah. I mean, okay, that's, that's my, yeah. Well, another interesting piece on just getting around generally is these scooters. Uh, you know, I've been in Iceland this, this past week and there's the scooters are, they're, they're not, I, when I say everywhere, it's not like a, um, they're like littered all over the city. They're just, there's enough of them around where you can grab one and get around. And it's, this city is built perfectly for scootering. Um, like today, for example, I had to go drop off 
the rental car. So I drove the rental car to the regional airport. That's about five miles probably from the cruise port. And then I just grabbed a scooter, took it to a coffee shop, did some work at the coffee shop. It took the same scooter all the way back here. And it was just perfect. I probably paid 10 bucks, but it was fully electric. Everything was just hooked up right to my phone with QR code. I mean, I think for like city stuff, um, that should easily take away, I don't know, not a hundred percent of like Uber cars with, for Ubering and stuff, but a good chunk of them, especially if the climate is, is bearable, you know, it's probably about 42 yeah, so degrees out today, something like that. So it's a little chilly on my ride, but it's not mm -hmm. unbearable. I've thought about this too. I mean, I think there, that's a compelling argument. I don't, we'd have to, you'd have to like get some data to back up one way or the other. Like you, your argument is that most transportation is like pretty short lived and it's local. And like, we don't need these big SUVs to just drive to the grocery store. Right. Um, I think that's a compelling argument, but I, but I do think there's Especially also if roads were safer, that, um, you know, if like, if, if there were like protected, lanes on the side of highways where i knew i could ride either a bicycle or a scooter and because right now just think about from louisville from where i live in the east end if i want to get downtown on a bike it's not possible in a safe way you know you'd have mm. to go be going down like right. shelbyville road or the interstate or something like that and just not a good idea right so it would take like complete yeah, urban redesign <laughs> That's, I think, part of the problem here is that, like, in order to sort of build this vision that you have is it would require, and it, it would require redesigning cities. And that's just, like, basically out of the question. It's not possible. Uh, also, I would say that, like, you're sort of, in order to do that, you're creeping into, like, you, the government would have to basically own all that stuff. Like, the government would have to own and operate and... As you and I both know, the government's not very good at that. Well, I wouldn't advocate that. Um, so, but, uh, but I, I don't know if I don't know if you can actually like build it with like I think that there's 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 so many integration points into what you're describing into like it's sort of a public good in the same way we have roads. Yeah, and like trains um, and stuff. It'd be similar to like a, a subway. Yeah. See the so I just think that like pragmatically, what the optimal solution here? Like I think that so there's a Toyota Prius. A Toyota Prius has been around for like a decade. The way the Prius works actually is that it has an internal battery, and you never plug it in. It just like it has it charges itself through its en engine, mm -hmm. right? And um, but there are there's a new line of the Prius called the Prius Prime. The Prius Prime is actually a plug-in hybrid electric and so mm. it is like a genuine genuinely like you have a big battery in there sort of like a tesla that you plug in and you charge and you maintain yeah but it also has a gas it also has a gas engine and i think like pragmatically that's the that's the optimal solution in terms of automobiles is you want a small car like that i, I do think it needs to be small like the americans have too big american cars are too big i hate to say it but it's true but uh yeah, the, that that was uh that's talking automobiles with Kendall. <laughs> no, I think the overall theme for today's show is is debt just generally. And it is an issue. I don't know 
I don't think what happened yesterday is is going to solve the underlying problem. But to your point earlier, if we're trying to be as charitable as possible, this could potentially free up some cash flow for younger Americans to work on growing their nest egg. Um, I think there's just a big question mark of what happens for the future, the future borrowers, I guess. Right. Um, and then I will be curious to see if it plays out how, how democratic strategists are thinking this will, or if it backfires on them. Um, I don't know. They might, they might end up winning over some voters, I think over this. Um, so, mm. I mean, I know I would, my mom, I would guess I'll just say this. My mom's no, no, not a big fan of, of, uh, the big guy, but, um, I I think she'd be pretty excited if this actually went through because she, mm. she is like, she signed up for, to pay off some of our, some of mine and my brother's debt. Um, so I think she'd be pretty excited. Would she vote for the party? I don't think so, but I think it would at least be from a like, Oh, I'm kind of happy that he did that standpoint. I think it would give him a little, a few points with a lot of Americans. So so we'll see. I will. I, I'm on another note. I'm definitely uh, going to be keeping an eye on this Jackson Hole gathering. So see what uh, see what they see. What is it going to be leaks? I guess to come out of that, or will the will there actually be minutes or announcements to come out? No, it's public. They they publish. Okay. I don't know exactly how it works. Have you, ever, dude? Have you ever looked at real estate prices in Jackson Hole, Wyoming? <laughs> No, I've not, but I can imagine. <laughs> I legit think it's the per capita most expensive part of the United States. Wow. Like it is it is so expensive there. It's like I don't know. There's like you know how like in the Hunger Games there's like a a wealthy class. Yeah. And then like there's like peasants. Nowhere do I see the Hunger Games more than Jackson Hole, Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's how we should solve the student debt uh issue. Host Hunger Games, and if you win, you don't have to pay off your debt. <laughs> and if you don't win, you yeah, die. Yeah, that would be right. <laughs> that would be right, royal, animalistic, right there. It's like the like gladiators. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, yeah, we'll keep an eye on we'll keep an eye on that, and we'll see like where. Well, yeah, we'll see where the Jackson Hole stuff goes. We'll see where all the where all the student loan debt goes. We'll see if maybe mortgages are next credit cards we'll keep an eye on that too but debt is definitely an issue would, for people these days they'll never do mortgages you can't do mortgages they said that 10 years ago about student loan debt mm, mortgages are secured it's there's way too much there's way too much um that's too far the government too far. what if the government said we'll pay off your mortgage but now we own your home but you get to live in it well, do I have to pay rent to them? No. Uh, I don't think that. Yeah, I don't think that that would happen. But you don't have the equity. I think that there's. I think there's too much. That's too much of a violation of property rights to to fly in this country. Credit card debt, I could see actually because, um, it's kind of uns. It's like it's actually unsec unsecuritized as well. I know you bought things with it, but. They don't. They're not collateralized against the loans. So 
but at least they're a little bit you have no. to go through a little bit more rigorous um approval process to get credit on a credit card versus getting a student loan student loans yeah dude student loans that's ridiculous did you see there was a trung tweet earlier a trung trung fan <laughs> or a me master flex trung fan <laughs> no i missed um, this what did it say he man i just love his his twitter is great he's got such great great content so he had a tweet which says harvard has the largest endowment in the world at 53 billion okay but the university of texas is now second in closing quick at 43 billion university of texas the public oh i uh, saw that i uh, saw the headline come out of the new york times on this yeah and then he said and then it says why and it it owns land in the permian basin and makes six million dollars a day leasing it to land leasing the land to major oil producers <laughs> i was like what the hell i was like university of texas has a free cash flow of six million a day from oil leasing Wow. What kind of world are we living in, dude? That's crazy. That should not be allowed. Like that's that should not be allowed. <laughs> if they pay it. Hey, that means that they've got they've got that margin. Dude, it's a company. I mean, if if they're making that money, a public education like institution like that, then they should just be free college. Why are you paying a tuition bill to a to a to a, it's a company, right? I mean, it's a corporation. That's like they have corporate endeavors there. I don't know. That anyway, is crazy, though. Blew my mind. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to leave you on this cliffhanger. We can talk about this uh, at another date. But Raven and I have had an idea about potentially trying to charter a cruise ship and make it a Bitcoin comp, like a Bitcoin cruise. So. I'll let you chew on that. The Bitcoin cruise. Yeah, something like that. I I think we actually came up with a little bit better name than that, but something to the effect of like a Bitcoin kind of like a Bitcoin only conference, but on a cruise ship. And a lot of it's just, you know, networking and and having fun, but there would be like speakers and stuff. So, mm. so we'll see. Well, it's very unique. It's very unique. I don't think it's happened. I don't think it's happened yet. So but I don't know if there's enough Bitcoiners who are cruisers. Yeah. I'm not really like a cruise ship guy as a problem. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not know, a big I'm cruiser not, either. I'm not... And, uh, and for good reason. I mean, it, it's either you get on a cruise. This is, these are the two cruises. There's either you get on one and that people are wearing shirts, waiting in line to get on that say, let, uh, let's get ship faced. Like where they're in, there's like five dudes wearing those shirts and you're like, Oh gosh. They're not going to remember any of the cruise. Yeah. There's that. So there's the party cruise. Then there's the one that I'm on right now, which is the nursing home cruise. And it's just old people. Yeah, it's geriatric. And there's I can get on board with a geriatric cruise. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm going to enjoy <laughs> it. Um, but there's almost no in between. But then there's also there are like there are group specific cruises. So, you know. Maybe it's like a religious thing, or maybe it's a, I don't know, some group you're a part of. So, anyways, well, I don't think I don't I don't think old people like Bitcoin. So, you don't think I don't what? Know if you're gonna be able to get, I don't think old people like Bitcoin. <laughs> oh, you'll love this. I was sitting at dinner. There are some friends of like it's me and Raven, her parents, and then some of their friends 
that they uh they're all in the travel industry the travel agent industry and i'm sitting next to this guy who i've met before he works at finra okay and he i've i know that he's not a bitcoiner at all like he hates bitcoin and uh i made a joke about bitcoin last night at dinner he was sitting right next to me and he was like gosh i hate bitcoin so much (laughs) (laughs) oh and i just had to crack up so yeah did you ask him did you say you scared bro (laughs) he probably is (laughs) oh my gosh he should be should be a little scared um no, we didn't. I didn't want to get too far down the rabbit hole with him, but it was just an interesting comment from somebody who actually works at Fenra. So, so anyways, all right. Well, we'll leave all it right. there. We'll keep an eye on the debt. We'll see what news comes out this coming week. Um, yeah, there's. I mean, there still is a lot of news. Like, there's a lot of stuff that we didn't get to, but, um, yeah, episode episode twenty something. We're keeping 25 25 chugging along even on cruise ships yep cool okay all right thanks so much for listening to y'all next week all right see y'all bye